Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlife. Enjoy the episode. This episode has been brought to you by me and my business, Lauren Grace Inspirations. I am a channel of the light and work with spirit guides, angels, the higher self, and passed over loved ones to provide you with support, clarity, and encouragement. Using oracle cards, mediumship, and clairvoyance, my readings will leave you feeling comforted and empowered. I have various reading options available, ranging from 30-minute readings to 60-minute readings to group sessions. I also work with professionals to help them gain clarity in business and life purpose. To book a reading with me, simply head to laurengraceinspirations.com. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Lauren Grace here and welcome to the show. And I'm joined today by Erica Anderson. She's worked in the field of healing for nearly 20 years. She's been a licensed acupuncturist and a Reiki healer since 2007 and has studied various modalities in energy healing that have helped her cultivate a unique understanding of the human and spiritual energy field. Her path to mediumship has been a beautiful, long and winding road. You can't help but hear the song when you say that, just on a side note. (laughs) When she began heeding the call to work for the world of spirit, her life changed very quickly. Erica now works as an evidential medium, a psychic and spiritual mentor for others beginning their path. She co-hosts a podcast, Spirit Guided, where she and her co-host dive into all things spiritual. And she's joining me today to talk about all things mediumship. I do want to find out about how Erica's journey started. And I do want to talk a little bit as well about kind of navigating life in general, especially when sometimes things feel a little bit chaotic. So Erica, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here and to just chat with you. I can't wait to hear more about you too. <laughs> I'm sure our <laughs> listener at home is like, oh, please God, no, we've heard enough about Lauren. <laughs> no way, no way. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, what's really exciting actually is that I'm also a medium and I discovered that last year. And uh, it's really cool when I'm able to relate to guests on that sort of level, because I think before that I didn't really understand it in the same way. So we can definitely delve into a little bit about that today, including what does it mean to be an evidential medium? You know, what does that mean for you? So before we sort of go there, I did talk about how you've been sort of a licensed acupuncturist and Reiki healer since 2007. So quite a while now, have you been on your journey, your spiritual journey for the majority of your life? Or did you sort of have that dark night of the soul, which we all hate to talk about, but are thankful for (laughs) in the end? (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's been kind of a mixture. Um, you know, you ha- I had the dark night of the soul, literally. Um, but it started when I was a little girl. Um, I really, I wouldn't say I was a uh, someone who knew that I was a medium by any means. Um, but when I look back in my life, it all makes sense. And I think a lot of us can relate to that experience. Um, you know, I did see spirit when I was a little girl. And it sounds so cliche, but it is true. Um, there was 
you know, different experiences that I had, but I was so afraid all the time. I was raised really Catholic, really religious. And I just thought something was wrong with me. And I didn't tell anybody when I would see spirit. Um, and so really what happened is I shut that down really fast and um, continued on my journey as a Catholic little schoolgirl, literally. And I did talk to my angels. They helped me out of a lot of predicaments, but that felt safe to me. I didn't feel like I was doing anything wrong. Mm -hmm. um, I'd say as I got a little bit older, got into my 20s, I really started um listening to more of an inner voice that I had. And that brought me into the healing realm. I studied energy healing, had a ton of energy work done. And um, I knew I wanted to be an acupuncturist since I was 15. So that whole kind of energy awareness and working with like the human body was something I did since, you know, my young 20s. Um, but it really was the dark night of the soul that kind of took me into the realm of mediumship. Um, you know, when I became a mother, everything started shifting. I opened my heart up bigger than I even knew that it could open. And in with that love that came in, that that love that, that came in so strongly, like I'd never felt before, um, a fear came in. And this anxiety I had my whole life turned into it was almost like obsessive fear over loss I was terrified I was going to lose someone that I loved so much that I had just gotten um and I lived that way for a really long time and then when I had my second child um my greatest fear became actualized he almost died and it was one of the most terrifying experiences I ever had and and I recognized how it almost seemed like I manifested it because I was so fixated on losing something so precious. And I, I did go into the dark night of the soul and that's a long journey and a long story. Um, but out of it came a place of recognizing that I needed to change the way that I was putting my energy into the world. Mm -hmm. And I started meditating. And when I started meditating, that is when all the crazy things started happening. So <laughs> that is a nutshell of kind of what happened. And I love talking mm -hmm. to other mediums too, because there's like this camarader camaraderie that I feel like yeah. when, when we're on this journey, it's so sacred. So, um, yeah. yeah. It is. I, I do want to talk a little bit about fear and I'm getting like goosebumps as I'm speaking with you because I feel for me that I, I do think that I sit in fear quite a bit. Um, mm. and, and I think it goes through ebbs and flows, like different cycles and kind of like you, I think that I sometimes sit and I worry about loss. Um, and I think a big part about that is, uh, sort of when we're stepping into our power and I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. I sometimes feel like the ego rears its head and is kind of a little bit aware that maybe there's a power struggle going on or that we are starting to step into the light. And so we're being challenged a little bit more. And I guess I'm kind of curious for, you know, for you, how you navigate that. I know that, um, you know, I got my, I don't have any children, but I got a dog a couple, two years ago. And it really, I really got thrown out of my routine, my regular routine. And 
you know, so to, to cut a long story short, I've started doing my yoga again and, and I'm starting to do my daily meditation again, which I feel is like a saving grace for me because it's that reset opportunity. You need to talk about meditation for yourself, but you know, how do people kind of overcome that fear? How did you do that for yourself? I think that that's kind of the life path for a lot of us. And no. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that the fear ever goes away, but the trust increases and increases and increases so much that it's easier to surrender the mind to the trust of spirit. And <clears throat> that's what I found. So what happened with me is I literally started, first of all, building a relationship to my own mind, to my own soul. And then outside of that, I started recognizing, and this is before the mediumship really started um, coming into play, but the fear was so great for me. The anxiety was so great for me all the time that as I started meditating and building my my own relationship to myself, then spirit was able to come in and say, I'm here for you. Like we are here for you. Let us comfort you. And, and as I started to feel them more, then I started feeling less alone. And I started understanding the bigger unfolding of what is all around us mm -hmm. and, and what this life is and this oneness that we're inside of. And so I think what's happened is when the fear comes up, I keep surrendering it. Yeah. And that's what I'd recommend um, because when we're in this state of fear and it's an easy state to like go in and out of, right? It's a, it's a natural state for, I think, our human selves to, yeah. to wade through frequently. We choose it even, you know, there's drama in it, but our spiritual selves, fear doesn't really have a role to play. And if we keep surrendering the human ego of fear to spirit, then we don't have to carry it anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, right? I know, yeah, that's so good. There's so many things I want to talk about in relation to what you just said. Um, it's funny because the first word that I wrote down, because I always write as I'm talking, uh, is was trust. And I do want to talk a little bit about that in a second, because I know that, you know, as a medium myself, um, that that ability has started to build this trust within myself that I never knew was there, which is just incredible. But on a side note, I wanted to share with you, um, I was reading this book and it was by Florence uh, Scovelshin. And I've talked about it on the show just briefly, but I wanted to share it with you today because it's this affirmation that I heard. And I'm, I'm curious to know your, your reaction to it. So the affirmation is this, I cast over my burdens to the Christ light within and I go free. Yes. And <laughs> it's everything. Isn't it's it? It's everything. everything. It's everything. It's everything. And, you know, when I was reading, I'm, I'm just finished reading this book called a happy pocket full of money. I'm not sure if you've read it. Have you read it? It's fantastic. No. Highly recommend, but um, there's this chapter and I'm listening to the audiobook, and I just bought the physical book, which I'll go into, um, you know, later, but there's this one chapter and I just kept repeating it and repeating it. And there was this part about it where it was talking about the oneness of all things. And I felt it and I, I felt it on this level where I understood the 5d for the first time. Like I it wasn't an intellectual thing. And I think that sometimes when we're on the spiritual journey, it's that marriage, isn't it? Of our intellect trying to, 
to catch up with our soul's knowing. And I remember standing outside. This happened to me last week. I'm standing outside. I'm on my deck. All the stars are out. And I just, I feel the oneness of all that there is. And it's not a feeling I've been able to sustain, but I have I had that moment and where I went, I totally get it. And I think that, you know, just in what you're talking about, it's that understanding that we really are not alone and how the fear really does shoot us out of, out of that feeling, doesn't it? It like takes us away from that, from the love or from the trust or from the understanding that this soul is there and has our back you know, that Christ light within any thoughts on any of that? (laughs) Oh, well, first of all, I just, I love, I love what you're saying. And I, I feel like that that is almost the point of the spiritual awakening. That is the point of, for me, mediumship became the, the gateway for my spiritual awakening. And, and I think that the journey of it is that understanding of what you're just talking about. The journey is the understanding that be, we can speak to spirit because we are all a part of the oneness. So there really is no separation. And, yeah. you know, I think that that's the most interesting thing to watch is how we choose separation as humans so often and what kind of devastation that does to our mind and to our psyche. But when we choose to recognize the oneness, you know, the I and I, and then we don't have to be so alone. We don't have to be so afraid. And that is when we do create the magic. You know, I used to, I used, I I hike every day and I meditate every day. And I remember at one point I would be hiking years ago and I would almost feel sorry for like a blade of grass, be like, Oh, they just live these little short lives and and they're just a blade of grass. They never get to feel anything that we feel as humans. And then one day I was like hiking and it was almost like I became the blade of grass and I could see the world from their point of, you know, view. And the blade of grass was I'm here. I get to experience the moonrise. I experience the sun and the rain and the thunder and like the energy of the people that walk over me. And, and then I die and I become part of the earth again. And then I come into my next incarnation. And in that moment, I was like, the blade of grass is just as important as I am. And I don't know. It's like, that is the oneness that is like this awakening that's happening and it's not just me and it's not just you I think it's happening for so many people because we are moving and expanding our awareness to enter into a different dimension and yeah that dimension is still already here because there's no timeline right (laughs) yeah exactly oh you'll really (laughs) love that book sister you have to read it because it's like there's a whole chapter in quantum physics and time and all that so there's a lot in it for you you'll really appreciate it I think But, you know, yeah, you're totally right. And I think that, you know, when we kind of are navigating the spiritual journey as humans, it can be really difficult. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I just have a difficult time taking myself out of my head. And I know that we choose all the time. It's like, I could choose peace instead of this. You know, I think that's a quote from A Course in Miracles, where it's like, I could choose to be happy right now. 
except for my thoughts are really wanting to keep me in some fear-based state. And I just, I guess my question to you here is like, how important do you think it is for us to also honor the journey? Because I think when we know better, it can be frustrating when we get caught up in cycles or when we, when we feel that, you know, I should be over this by now, or, you know what I mean? And then, and then talked earlier about surrendering. And by the way, I do want to say that I learned recently, at least for myself, that relax is a synonym of surrender, because I always thought I read the surrender experiment a couple of times, which I thought was brilliant, but it was difficult for me to really understand, well, what is surrender? Like, how do you actually surrender. And then when I understood that relax could be a synonym of surrender, for me, it made it sort of something that I could actually deal with. Yeah, that's a great way of even thinking of it. It's like breathing into the moment or relaxing into the moment or letting go of your tight grip on something, relaxing your muscles or your mind. Breathe. And yeah, just to release, you know, um, I almost forgot what you just said because I was so like fascinated on the <laughs> That's on okay. The I think I was just talking more about, you know, honoring the journey because when we're on yeah. this journey and we learn all this stuff and maybe we have those moments of 5D where we know we're one with all that there is or we connect to that blade of grass and then, you know, the electrical bill comes or you know we have these small things that happen in our life you know the electrical bill is not a big deal I was just trying to say that you know there's these things that kind of bring us back into the human ego world that we're living in so it's like being patient with the journey is a big part of it as well yeah well I think that that's definitely a big part of it and for some people the electrical bill is a big deal and they can be on the most beautiful spiritual journey but if they don't pay their electrical bill, like it's really stressful <laughs> and, yeah. and that's going to impact them. But I think that we're humans and we chose to come here to be humans and humans are not perfect. And so I think relaxing and surrendering into accepting that is part of creating more awareness and creating um a higher light. And I think that the markers are... um you may not ever get less frustrated, but I think it's, did you catch yourself this time? Uh Or did you recognize the story that you were telling yourself? And I think that being hard on ourselves is a human aspect that we can let go of to become more spiritual, but it's, we chose to be human. And so we're never going to be perfect. We're never going to become the full guru. Um, you know, and most of the people who have become the full guru ultimately are shown that they're not really as holy as everyone thinks they are. You know, there's there's a high hill to fall off of. So mm-hmm. I never strive for perfection. I strive for like authenticity and mm-hmm. strive for grace and giving myself as much grace as I give someone else. And I think that's the journey. And and that's the other thing is like our spiritual awakening or our mediumship or um, talking to spirit and being in that support group of spirit isn't meant to be in a little box. Like it becomes a way of life. Right. And, and so we're always supported on this journey and surrendering into it moment to moment when we can. And then when we can't, we'll look back and say, Oh, that was a hard moment. 
I had a hard time surrendering. Okay. Yes. Yes. But this too shall pass is a big part of it. And what I love about what you're saying is that it's, you know, in a way it's progress. It's not perfection. It's about knowing that maybe there'll be some days where we're really wrapped up in something. And then other days when we can sense the oneness of all that there is, um, I've got to acknowledge too, I have my guides talking to me. They're really wanting us to focus a little bit um, in our conversation as well about the importance of building relationship with our teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, when you were talking earlier about how, you know, your meditation has really allowed you to really connect with your, your spirit guides and with the spirit world and that you feel less alone. I do think that for me, sometimes I, I still feel alone, you know, and I know that our listener at home feels like that too, sometimes as well. And I think that sometimes we look at people and we think they've got it all together or they've got it all together. And, you know, we've just reinforced here that that's not always the case. That is kind of like a re redefining every day. It's a being graceful and compassionate with yourself along the journey. But at the same time, there's this whole team around us that are here to help us and support us. So can you talk a little bit about your experiences with working with your team? How would you you know, support somebody at home who's listening, who feels alone, who would Mm -hmm. like to develop those stronger connections? How do you break away from in the mind and move into that soul seat? Oh, what a beautiful question. You know, I think it takes time and trust and gentleness. When, When I went through almost losing my child and literally started tumbling, tumbling down this hole of darkness. Um, And then I recognized, wow, I can't continue to live this way. And I did, I felt so alone. I felt so alone because the wall of stress and anxiety was so thick around me that I enclosed myself inside by myself. Right. And I think that that happens to a lot of us. And when I felt the call to I had one day I said, wow, I am going to lose myself completely if I don't change something. And I didn't know what to do. And I think that that's the case for so many of us. We don't know what to do. And for me, what I literally started doing was the easiest thing I could think of. I pulled up YouTube and I started following five minute meditations. I don't even know this man's name. It was um, relatively cheesy, but it was life changing for me. I, mm. I literally started following his guided meditations five minutes a day. And that's how I started. In those five minutes, I felt something different than anxiety. I wouldn't even say that I felt peace. I wouldn't even say that I felt God, but I felt something different than anxiety. So I stuck with it. And those five minute meditations started increasing to 10 minute meditations. Um, Ultimately, those guided meditations on YouTube stopped. And I was like, I can do this on my own. Mm. And I started doing it on my own. And that's when things started opening even bigger. But I had to take moments to get there. There's no A to Z. It's like a, a plus a plus plus you know and finally you get to b and then c and then you go back to a it's like 
there's no fast way. All it is, is time and being truthful with yourself. And, and for me, it was meditation, but I don't think meditation is the answer for everybody. I think it's different for everybody. Mm -hmm. But for me, I was so alone inside of my head that I had to somehow stop the reel that was playing on repeat. And that was the way that I could stop it. Mm -hmm. It it sounds to me as well, like the word that they're, that I'm getting is, is intention. And it was like, you were intending to take space for yourself. And that was allowing you the opportunity to maybe connect with your guides, connect with that quiet part of yourself, right? Intention is a big part of it. And I think that we get caught up in the, the daily grind, so to speak, that we forget about that intention, even that intentional breath. I think that that's everything. My intention at that point was to stop the dialogue in my head. And then what happened is because I finally was able to stop it, it, there was a crack and that's when spirit came in. And that's when my support team came in. That's when I could feel my guide guardian angels again. And that's Mm -hmm. when I could, um, I could start speaking with them again in, in prayer. And that's when God came in really. And so I think that the way to ultimately be able to access your, your, your spiritual team, your spiritual family is by allowing yourself to have enough silence to hear them. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Yeah. And while you were talking, what I was hearing in my head was as well as like, we're always going to be there, you know, we're still, Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, it's, they're never leaving us. Right. But you're right. It's creating that silence. I I've talked about it on the show before. And, um, but I had about four and a half to five years off. I quit, I quit spirituality. I was like, Nope, I'm done. And, um, I just focused on Eckhart Tolle's teachings all about the power of, of the now and, and the presence. So how do you cultivate space? You talked about meditation. Is that primarily what you do? Do you have any mind tricks that you do? Any messages that you say or any techniques? Um, so for me, I really need two different things. I need meditation and I need nature. Um, and so I have two different, a couple of different forms of meditation that I use to connect first to my own heart space. And then when I connect to my own heart space, I expand that out into the environment that I'm in. So if I'm in nature, I connect to God through nature. And I consider that my walking meditation. If I have a buildup of energy or if I've been doing a lot of readings or I've been going through a hard time in life, I go outside, find my heart, expand my heart as big as I can into nature. And I literally like feel the wind wash it clean or mother earth like rise up and clean my energy field and I feel divinely connected to God and I feel blessed just to be alive in source. And in that time I can let go even more because I am a parent. I have stress. I have a, you know, a medical issue with one of my children. So it's like, I do carry a lot of stress and a lot of weight. So that's something that everybody needs to find what that space is where they can release because releasing is part of being able to feel our spirit team and to feel our heart. We need to release that, which we carry. And then my second thing is meditation. And for that, it's amazing. I could meditate for an hour. I could meditate for five minutes. And sometimes they both have the same result, but it's going inside and finding a quiet space. Um, 
I used to always do guided meditations and I think that they're amazing and beautiful and I still like to do them sometimes, but more often than not, now I just need that silence because that silence is when I can feel and when I can feel then I know I'm connected. And then like, and you're not being directed, right? Because when you're in a guided meditation, you don't have a lot of space for your guides to step in and go, girl, we don't want to go down this forest path. We want to like dive in the sparkly water and clear you. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And that's true. And at the beginning, I think, you know, speaking to the listener who's feeling alone or overwhelmed at the beginning, I needed that guided meditation because it kind of taught me techniques of breathing and taught me techniques of releasing. And so it was, it really served me a lot. And then now it almost, there are times when I need it, if I'm having a really stressful day, it'll kind of bring me into a zone, but more often than not, I just crave to just be with spirit by myself (laughs) and like have them, you know, be melded with me. And that's our, that's our time. Do you relate to that? Yeah. 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 No, I totally relate to that. I mean, even the other day I was like, girl, I got to reset. I just came in and I just put on music and I just went off on my own journey. And it's magical because when you're kind of, when you surrender, relax into, then your guides will, they will take you where you need to go. And they will, if you trust that process. So let's talk a little bit about trust in terms of mediumship. Um, you know, I, I find the whole mediumship thing is just absolutely incredible. And I've talked about it before. I had to have a healing to be able to be comfortable with seeing spirit because I was always afraid of it. And I always knew they were there, but I, I wasn't looking, you know, I was like, I'm not going to look, I'm not going to look. And um, I'm curious to know a little bit about you. What was your, do you remember maybe some of your first readings? Do you remember sort of how it, it showed up for you? Uh, which Claire are you predominantly? Um, our listener at home, I think, is familiar with the Claire's, so we won't go into them um, in terms of okay. definition. But yeah. Um, when it all started showing up for me, um, so as everything was cracking open, um, it's kind of a long story, but I'll make it really short for you. I had a dream visitation of someone's father who had passed and that dream visitation was incredibly powerful. But then, then he showed up at the end of my bed as an apparition. I mean, he was there, he wasn't able to talk to me or I wasn't able to hear or understand. And that is when mediumship opened up for me. And so those did you see it with your real eyes or your yes your real eyes okay my real eyes so I've only seen spirit with my real eyes less than five times okay Um, and most of it was as a child and a couple of times at the beginning of this you know mediumship awakening yeah and um when I was a child it was terrifying so I completely relate to that um as an adult when this was happening. I knew that it meant I was supposed to follow some sort of calling. And then I sought out um, a mentor. I was like, I, I'm, I am so confused. What is happening? I need to understand this. And so those first readings were mind blowing. They were mind blowing. It was like, I stepped into it with like this full force. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know what mediumship was. And it was like this carrot that was dangled in front of me saying, this is the most wonderful thing you'll ever experience. And here it is. And it was, it was unbelievable. And then in the blink of an eye, like a month later, completely went away. 
And I was like, what just happened? Like what just happened? And I remember sitting in a meditation and I was feeling into what my guides were saying. And they're like, you know, what's possible. Now you have to do the work. Mm -hmm. And, and that work, work. (laughs) yeah, I'm like, what kind of work am I going to be doing? I had no idea how much healing I needed. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. And so I think that what happened is the mediumship healing went hand and trust went hand in hand with my human healing. And so I don't think you can really um, separate the two. So when I think of trust, I think that the more I trust spirit in my human life, the more I'm able to trust spirit in my mediumship readings and vice versa. I saw that path build and build and build. And the trust is exactly what you were saying, like this recognition that I'm not just stepping in to do something cool and give someone a reading. I am here to have a relationship with spirit, here to have a relationship with my heart and the divine heart. And, And just like any other relationship that matters, I have to give it a lot of energy and a lot of trust and a lot of room to grow. And I think that at the beginning of mediumship, I had no idea what that meant. And, and now I recognize that I, I, I want to sit and have a relationship with them. And I want to be able to help people heal through the process of speaking to their loved ones that have crossed over. And so I will sit with spirit every day to build that relationship. And so now in readings, I do not see spirit in, in, um, with my human eyes. Um, I see, hear, feel, know, understand all inside of my own awareness. And, um, and I think that that's pretty common for all of us. Mm -hmm. And then every once in a while, we have these mind blowing moments that are like, Oh my God, (laughs) you know, I just heard an external voice and this external voice said, quit your job or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that that is like building the trust and building the relationship. You're building trust with yourself to know that what you're experiencing is truth and you're building trust with the world of spirit to know that they're only going to give you the truth. And, yeah. and then that's, that's what I think of when I think of trust. Yeah. I love that. And I think that we can't talk about trust without also talking about, you know, trusting the evidence that you're getting too, because I think that, you know, for our listener at home, I'm sure they're familiar with the concept of evidential mediumship, but for me, that's really important. And it's, it is interesting when you talk to different mediums, how some people are really focused on the evidence and then the messaging for me. And I'd, I'd love to hear from you. I feel that the evidence is key because I feel that I don't want to be a medium that just goes, they're really proud of everything that you're doing. You know, and I'm not to say that I'm not going to deliver that message, but I would like to deliver that message after we've established that you feel that I, you know, who I'm talking to, you know, that you have that. Exactly. So how does evidential medium, like, is that the most important part of your reading for you is bringing through that, that evidence and what kind of things are you able to pull? Are you good with names, dates, you know, just kind of curious. Yeah. So I think that the evidential aspect is the point of the reading because the point is, yeah, to know that your loved one has crossed over, that they're still alive and they're still with us yeah, and that life continues on. And so anybody can say, oh, your grandmother's here and she's so proud of you. But what the evidence does is it one, it, it 
it's the relationship building that you've done with spirit, right? So they know how to talk to you and show you things and you know how to feel and understand what they're trying to, to say. And so I think the evidence is a combination of the message because the evidence might be, um, she's showing me a picture of um, your, your childhood when you would go swimming in the lake together. And that one time where she braided your hair on the sand and you were laughing. And now she's showing me that you have a picture of that in your house, right? That's, that's really good evidence. I love it when things like that come yeah. in, right? Yeah. Um, but me so too. the evidence, and then what does that do? That becomes the message because the, the person who's receiving the reading is going to feel that love and that memory. And the evidence is that she's still with you to show you that there is a picture in a frame sitting on your dresser in your bedroom. Um, and of course the message is going to come in because they want to communicate with their people. It, it's yeah. a reciprocal conversation. So yeah. the message is inevitable, but the evidence is to know that the message is valid. Yeah. Do you think that there's a responsibility on the sitter as well to, you know, kind of work with you? I, I often feel that, you know, being a medium, it's been such an interesting journey because I'm not somebody who would go to mediums and psychics. It's just never been, I mean, I've gone to a couple psychics over my life, but it's not something I seek out usually. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that there's like, I'm just learning, you know, as I read for other people that there's also a bit of a, we have to have this relationship with the sitter as well, right? Where the sitter is actually going, because I'm sure you've had it where you're reading for someone and you'll go, um, you know, I'm getting my lungs. I'm having a hard time breathing. You know, I really need to cough here. Does that make sense for it? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. And then just like <laughs> keep going. And, you know, there's this whole thing where it's like, can't tell you too much information because I don't want to give you the answer. But at the same time, you know, you kind of sometimes need that support. Do you ever educate your sis your sitters a little bit on like the best way of working with you to help? Uh, keep everybody's vibration high. Yeah, I do educate now. And that's something I didn't know at the beginning. Yeah, it uh, was the, how important that was. Because when you think about it, you know, the, the person that they want to um, connect with isn't going to just be around me, they're going to be around them. Right. So they're going to be around that person. And so it's really important for my sitter and I, I always connect my energy with my sitter's energy, and then I bring it up and out into the world of spirit. And it's really important that we do that together. Obviously, my job is to be that transmitter and that, you know, that energy um, creator on the human side. And so, you know, as the medium, we have to like lift the vibration yeah. so to speak. And so sometimes it's really easy to do that with a sitter. And sometimes like you're saying, they're pretty dense and it's a little bit hard. And I don't mean dense as in stupid, but yeah. I mean, dense in like, the you know, arms are crossed and their arms legs crossed. are crossed and they're not yeah. smiling. <laughs> yeah. And, and that, that is kind of, um, you know, it's Debbie Downer, but it's also what's shifted for me is my understanding that they might be going through a lot of grief and for that their sure. energy when you're grieving is going to be lower. And so again, it comes back to me as a medium, like I need to help hold that space. Is it always easy? No, definitely not. And sometimes that is why a reading might be a little bit harder than another time when you're like totally vibing with your person yeah. who is receiving the reading. It's like fireworks going off into spirit, right? Yes. And yes. Yeah. 
It's night and so, day. It's crazy. Cause I know some of the most powerful readings I've ever had. My sitter is like, Lauren, I was just giving you all the positive vibes I could. I was like, shit, it worked. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, and I, I think that that's a really interesting thing to think about. And um, it, it, because we're all bouncing energy off of each other. And so a psychic reading is reading someone's energy that's in front of us. that's in body that's human. And a spirit reading is reading someone's energy who has passed, but they're with the person here who's grieving for them. So it's really becomes a sacred triangle and the triangle can be a perfect triangle, or it can be one of those weird geometrical triangles that are out of, <laughs> you know, total balance. So yeah. Um, it's important to educate for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Listen, we're already out of time and I have to apologize to my listener at home because I actually had to delay this by 15 minutes. So Erica, I absolutely love talking to you. I feel that, you know, maybe we need to have a part two. We can bring you on and just have a different subject. Cause I think you and I could talk for so long about so many different yeah. things. And I'm really interested in learning a little bit more about, you know, the things that you do you do as well, uh, such as the acupuncturing and, and things like that. Acupuncturing, is that a word? <laughs> I like that new word you just created. The verb. Acupuncturing. Okay. Oh. <laughs> um, is there anything that you wanted to bring up just before we sort of wrap here? I know we kind of went all over the place a little bit, didn't talk as much about mediumship, but I really felt that we needed to cover off the things that we did talk about at the beginning of our time together. So is there anything that yeah. you'd like I didn't ask you in this particular, um, you know, episode, how can people get a hold of you? And I will put a link to everything as well in the show notes. Uh, well, at the time went just by so quickly for me. So I will yeah. come back anytime you want to talk more. Um, people can find me at spiritualmediumerica.com. It's E-R-I-K-A. And um, yeah, I'm here in Colorado. I have a podcast, Spirit Guided. Honestly, I love talking to other mediums. I love talking about spirituality and all the information will be in the show notes. So I don't feel like I need to plug anything. Mm -hmm. I'm just really excited to talk about what matters the most in life. And so thank you for having me. And um, yeah, thank you to all the listeners. Thank you, my sister. We'll see you next time for sure. All right. You take good care. Hi, thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.